Hey guys and welcome back to the channel. So I'm going to go through and do a crash course real quick of chapter 18 and that is um, immune system function assessment and therapeutic measures. So I'm going off of my notes here. Um, but the first thing that we have is that immunity is the ability to fight or destroy pathogens and then autoimmunity is when your body fights itself. So our immune system is compromised of like your thymus, your spleen, your lymph nodes, your tonsils and white blood cells. Um, and then we said our lymphatic system includes the lymph vessels and lymph nodes, nodules, spleen. Um, and these are where macrophages eat or destroy pathogens and where T cells and B cells carry out their functions. So we also know that an antigen is a chemical marker and that's identif identifying a type of cell. Um, so I like to think of antigen as an antigen. Um, we don't like antigen. So anytime she comes to visit our antibodies, our body, we're going to fight her off. Um, so antibodies are what we make and antigen is anything that comes in that we don't necessarily want. Um, so our antibody is a glycoprotein produced by plasma cells to respond um, to foreign antibodies. And so Ig is an immunoglobulin. And then there's different types of immunoglobulins and we're going to get to those in just a second. There's five. Um, so the immunoglobulins label things for destruction to, and they're going to destroy them. So your antibodies are going to be your IgG, IgA, IgM, IgD, and IgE. So IgG is your long-term immunity after a vaccine, and it can cross the placenta. Um, your IgA is going to be secretions of mucous membranes, and this is passive immunity to um, babies uh, through breastfeeding. And then your IgM is produced during um, an infection. IgD is your antigen specific to the B lymphocyte. And IgE is important to allergic reactions and your mast cells release histamine. Okay, so you have your lymphocytes. Um, you have natural killer cells, and these are going to be your quick response. They bind with abnormal cells to release perforins and granzymes and cause um, cytolysis, meaning they're going to cut them in half. They're going to kill them. So then you have your T and your B cells. Your T are from the bone marrow. They go to the thymus to mature. They go to the lymph nodules, nodes, and spleens, and these are your direct attack. So um, I think of T like Mike Tyson, like he's going to hit them. This is a direct attack. And then you have your B, bone marrow. Um, they're from your bone marrow. Uh, they mature in the bone marrow, and they release antibodies for an indirect approach. So B, I'm thinking kind of a baby. They're going to kind of come at you sideways. They're not going to really fight you head on. Um, then you have your cell-mediated immuni mediated immunity. And these are going to have to deal with your intracellular pathogens. They fight against your viruses, your fungi, malignant cells, grafts of foreign tissue. You have a T cell response to a cytotoxic T cell, to a helper T, to a memory T, and they remember these for next time. Then you have your humoral immunity, and this deals with your extracellular pathogens. Um, so antibody production, antibody-mediated uh, immunity is what this can also be called. So it's effective against extracellular pathogens such as bacterial, viral, and fungal. Um, these B cells stay stationary, but antibodies can travel. So then we look at our antibody and antigen complex. So this literally just means that the two fit together like a puzzle. Um, so antigen antibody complex is going to stop and destroy them, and this activates a complement cascade. So more than 30 plasma proteins that circulate through the blood are going to form a cascade, and they're going to lyse the cells. So I think of it as they're just lining up to tear these things apart. Then you have your antibody responses, and these are going to neutralize viruses. So the first exposure is going to stimulate the antibody production, but this is too slow, so we're not counting on this. 
on a second exposure, memory cells make antibodies, and this is where um, it would render it unable to enter the cell. And then you have your interferons, which is a chemical that protects the cells. And then your IgE antibody bonds to the mast cell and releases a histamine. And we know that a histamine um, has to do with like your allergies and things like that. Then we um, see our vaccine. This is an antigen and it's non-pathogenic. And this is going to stimulate a form of antibody and memory cell. So then you have your passive immunity. And this is from another source. Um, so natural passive immunity is going to be like mama to baby. Artificially passive immunity is going to be an injection of performed antibodies. And then you have active immunity, which um, your per a person makes their own antibodies. So you have active natural immunity. Um, you recover from an infection and then you have antibodies. And then you have your active artificial immunity and this is a result of a vaccine. So we did get a sheet online um, where we talked about immunity. So natural active is natural occurring, say that you have gotten an illness and then you got over it. Well, now you have that immunity that's built up to it. Then you have your um, active artificial, and this will be like your flu shot. Then you have your passive natural, and this is going to be um, you naturally pass something down to your baby. So this would be like mother to newborn. Then you have your passive artificial, and this would be getting something from someone else. So like Miss Putt was talking about... Um, she has an infection from others or antibody for the immune system, so um, she's going to get antibodies from someone else. Okay, and then we have to look at our um, gerontological issues. So we know that when we get older, our thymus gland shrinks. Our immature T cells are going to go up, and as we get older, we're going to need vaccines, and the most common vaccines that you will need is going to be herpes zoster, influenza, PCV13, tetanus, and diphtheria booster um, every 10 years. So then the next thing that we see is uh, microbiota. This is a collection of microbes that live in the body. Um, a microbiome are genes in the microbes in microbiota. And these are needed for health. She didn't really hit on that in her study guide, but that doesn't mean to say that they're not going to be in there. Um, so then we look at our subjective data, and we're going to look at, like, our demographic data. I'm going to flip over in the book real quick so that I can read those off. I don't tend to write that stuff in my notes a thousand times because it seems to be the same across the board. But we're going to look at where they're born because this can have to do with ethnic, cultural, background influences. We're going to look at their... Um, ethnic cultural background because some of that has to do with immune disorders that are associated in certain groups. We're going to look at where they currently live. This has to do with environmental exposures. What's your occupation? Are you around chemicals? Um, are you around fumes, radiation, hazardous stuff? What about the risky behaviors that you engage in? Do you do, you know, IV drugs, unprotected sex, multiple partners? And then we're going to look at allergies. Um, do you have allergies to latex, foods, uh, bugs that sting, environmental allergens, and then medication side effects that are often inaccurately considered to be allergies by patients, um, and those require education. So we might be taking a medicine, giving us a side effect, and we might think that we're having an allergic reaction to something else. Um, what allergies in immediate family uh, relatives do they have? So you might be predisposed to something. What about medications and herbs, um, corticosteroids, immunosuppressive, um, suppress immune re responses? So are you taking something that might lower your immune system? 
Um, what about medical conditions? Do you have anything that could make you predisposed to something? Um, what about surgeries? You know, if you might have had a recent surgery, it might be more difficult for you to fight infection right now. Coping, how do you deal with stress? You know, are you drinking? Are you smoking? Are you doing something that could also um, lower your immune system's response? So we're going to look at things like that. And then we're also going to look at objective data. And this will be heart sounds, lung sounds, lymph node palpation. We're going to listen to their GI tract. We're going to look at musculoskeletal, neurologic, renal, skin. So we know that their heart sounds, uh, pleural friction rub might be heard with RA or SLE. We know that we've, uh, we look at their lung sounds. We're trying to figure out if maybe they have pneumonia for hearing like crackles and a dry cough. We're going to look at lymph nodes. This could be indicative of infection or cancer. GI tract um, could have something to do with immune disorder or IBS. Musculoskeletal could be myasthenia gravis, um, rheumatoid arthritis. Neurologic could be SLE, AIDS, MS, myasthenia gravis. Renal um, could be something indicative of SLE or serum sickness, which we're going to talk about later. And then skin. Um, we know we see the butterfly rash across the nose and the face with SLE. Um, onycholysis, which is when your nails detach from your nail bed, and this is seen with Hashimoto thyroiditis. Um, Kaposi sarcoma, HIV and AIDS. Um, allergic shiners with rhinorrhea. We're going to look for, you know, pale conjunctiva, preorbitable edema, things like that. Um, and then we're also going to see diagnostic tests. So... We know that we're going to test for uh, red blood cell count that's indicative of anemia. There's a differential for MCV, MCH, MCHC, RDW, um, and these break down for causes of anemia, uh, anemia. So that's going to tell us what kind of anemia it is. Then we look at uh, white blood cell count for Y infection. It could be from a type 1 hypersensitivity, um, you know, or it could be something else. So that's looking at your neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, basophils. Then we look at the ESR, which is a nonspecific test for generalized inflammation. And this is going to tell you, um, uh, it deals with your red blood cells. So if it's a false, if it's a negative, it could be a false negative because of NSAIDs or um, steroids. Then we look at a rheumatoid factor. It's an abnormal protein found in serum when IgM reacts with an abnormal IgG. Um, and this could be indicative of arth uh, rheumatoid arthritis or autoimmune disorders. Then we're going to look at our ANA. Um, this has to do with SLE. And then we're also looking at um, specific serum proteins. So you have total, you have a C3, you have a C4. Um, and these are going to show deficiencies in specific complement proteins in SLE. Then you have a C-reactive protein, which is increased in rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, and SLE. Um, and they're going to be suppressed by aspirin and steroids. So then you have your antibody-antigen combination immunoassay. Um, we want this to be negative, but it sh uh, could show established infection with HIV 1 or 2. And then your antibody differentiation immunoassay is going to show if it's HIV 1 or 2. Then you have your nucleic acid test, and this is going to show if it's a positive HIV 1. And then immunoglobulin assay or um, electrophoresis. Um, that's going to be your IgG, IgM, IgA, IgE, and IgD. Um, let's see. Then you have your radioallergoabsorbent test or your RAST test. 
And this is going to show um, a viable alternative to skin testing if the patient doesn't have multiple allergies. Um, it's a specific serum mixed with uh, specific allergen. And then we have CD4 and CD8. And then we also have to know the diagnostic procedures for the immune system. So you have a non-invasive, which is your gene testing, um, and that's going to confirm a diagnosis or indicate that the patient might have symptoms and they might pass on a disorder to a child. Um, and so this is just going to be like a nasal swab. Then you have your invasive because you're going in for a biopsy of a specific organ to show cancers, lymphomas, leukemias, and transplant rejections. Um, we know what a biopsy is. And then you have skin testing, and this is testing done for candidia, tetanus, TB, or specific allergens such as medication, food, or environmental factors. And um, so that could be a scratch test, patch test, things like that. And she also put on here to know about a splenectomy, and it's a very short sentence. In some cases, splenectomy is needed to control symptoms of an immune disorder. Significant side effect of the surgery is reduced ability of the immune system to fight infections. Why? Because we need that. Um, let me look through my notes one more time. Let's see. Immunotherapy. So you have sub-Q immunotherapy and then you have sublingual. Sub-Q meaning under the skin. So you have an extract of an allergen and it's injected in small amounts as in, uh, in vaccines. And the concentration goes up over time and then you should have emergency equipment ready. So this is building your immunity to something by putting it under your skin. So you're going to start out small and then you're going to build up immunity to it. And then you always need to have equipment ready in case you have an anaphylactic shock or allergic reaction. Then you have sublingual immunotherapy and these are tablets or drops containing specific allergen extracts. Um, it's effective in dust mite allergens related to asthma and it's significantly lower in anaphylactic uh, event occurrence so it's less dangerous to do that um let's see signs and symptoms of inflammatory response i think we should know these because i feel like we've said these a bajillion times you have fever redness swelling warmth fever redness swelling warmth all these are inflammatory responses um and then for the allergies and nutrition notes i wrote to where identifiers you want to let somebody know if you have an allergy to something just so that if you know it ever comes down to it that person will know um, and usually you'll see allergies in foods such as, you know, milk, eggs, fish, peanut, tree nuts, crustacean, shellfish, wheat, and soybeans. And for medications, the primary treatment is going to be like your antibiotics, antihistamines, antivirals, corticosteroids, decongestants, EpiPen, H2 blockers, hormone therapy, immunosuppressants, interferon, uh, leukotriene antagonists, and mast cell stabilizers. Um, and then we also have a small section for monoclonal antibodies, and these can be produced against a variety of wide antigens made by cloning them and growing in unlimited amounts, and they're used with transplant rejection. Um, and then we also have a recumbent uh, DNA tech. So this combines genes from one organism with genes from another, and it's used to replace abnormal or a missing gene. So T-lymphocyte-directed gene transfer and an inject of stem cells into abnormal cells. And that's pretty interesting if you read up on that. Okay, so that is um, all of Chapter 18.